0: You are listening to W-R-U-U-L-P, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with a global soul. Um, our theme music is a clip of Summer Nights by the Eric Jones Trio. It's provided by our friend Mark Chesneau, who plays with the Eric Jones Trio every Thursday and Sunday at Good Times Jazz Bar downtown.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to Arts on the Air. This is Tamara Garvey and I have the pleasure of being with artist Axel Kiefer. Welcome Axel. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so excited Does to have you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'll start out just to, just to tell people where you are in your show process right now. Right now you have a really big solo show up at Sulphur Studio. Um, this episode is going to air on Wednesday, October 18 and your show runs through Saturday, October 21st. So people can listen to this, and then they can run and see your show in the last yes. few days. Yeah. yeah, you have a big collage show called Paper Cuts, which we will definitely talk about. Um, okay, so just to start out, I'll read a little bit of your bio from your website. Um, uh, making traditional handmade collages is, weirdly to me, close to our modern science, close to laboratory genetic manipulation. I scalp and paste together anatomic pieces to create exquisite corpses. Mm-hmm. Which I love, and that phrase, exquisite corpses, is uh, like a well-known um, method in surrealist collage, is that right? Yes, it started in Da Da movement, and the surrealists really blow the process, like, make it very um, well-known. Yeah. yeah, What can you describe what is the exquisite corpse, that whole process, what is that?
2: So, the exquisite corpse is a collaboration process so an artist start um, to draw a collage um, a part of the paper hmm. and usually we hide it and you pass to another artist that trying to add another piece of the drawing and collage and pass to the third it can go through s- several artists okay and at the end you open up all the folded pieces and you have a whole new pieces that is sometimes totally
1: crazy that's cool. you know i didn't realize that part of it was hiding the parts that you had done so far that's i had no idea that was part of it that's amazing yeah, yeah. Th- this is the traditional way okay cool
3: yeah
1: <laughs> um so we'll kind of start with your background you were born and raised in france right mm-hmm. um what, what town are you from?
2: Oh, I'm from a tiny, tiny village, okay. like 600 inhabitants, wow. <laughs> on the border with Germany. Okay. And then once I had, when I had 18 years old, I moved to the big city to Strasbourg. where I spent all my adulthood before I
1: moved to Savannah. Okay. So I spent 35 years in France. Wow. So you basically lived in three places your whole life. Uh, more than this. Okay. I, in France, I did move a bit you moved around, around, but yeah. And your so the small town that you came from. What was your childhood? Were you sort of just running around in nature a lot? Exactly. Yeah. I was <laughs> building bridges, wood cabins, running after the cows. <laughs> oh, did your family have a farm?
2: <laughs> no, no. But uh, there was several farm in the little village, and yeah, um, so we surrounded by nature and forest a lot, Amazing. and rolling hills and. And all my childhood, I tried to get away from here, from there. Okay. And now I'm
1: away from there. When I go back there, I'm like, oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. But you really appreciate that as an adult.
3: Yes.
1: (laughs) And I read somewhere in one of your bios that your grandpa painted. And you would kind of accompany him. And he, was he oil painting? You said something about the smell of turpentine, right? Yeah. He was an old painter.
2: And it was my grandfather on my mother's side. Um, it was painting landscape, um, sea landscape, and portraits. Oh. And so he passed away when I was four. But I have vivid memories of me sitting with him, watching him paint, and all no. the smell and yeah. And my parents still have some painting of his, and like so I kind of adore him for yeah yeah. I have like really. Nice memories. That's really so nice. So he really did impress me. I was a bit scared of him. Really? <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't know, it's because he it was a painter that the case, yeah, yeah, He
1: impressed me a lot. <laughs> okay, so you when you went off to uh, Strasbourg, is that right, mm-hmm. for, for college, and you studied comparative literature? Yes. And then you started doing uh, post-grad. That it looks like you were studying the poems of a particular poet. Is that right? Yeah, but Christian D'Autremont.
2: Because he created um, a type of poetry that is between painting and poetry. Wow. So it's called Logogram. So it, with a huge brush of black paint, he was doing um, on a kind of big poem. It was a yeah. very large scale. Okay. So he was very investing his body doing the letters, and he was turning into a big abstract painting. So and it was on kilometers. Sometimes it wow. did on snow, in uh, Siberia. Like it, it was very fascinated, and he created um, an art movement called Cobra, like okay. Copenhagen, Bruxelles, uh Amsterdam. Okay, and uh, they did a review, a uh, review like a magazine. Okay, yeah. So the in Europe is um is pretty well known. So when I started to study him, I was Starting to switch from literature to
1: visual, to visual art. art. Yeah. yeah, that's so funny. That so his when he's painting these large things, would it be on walls? Is it like public art, or is it you know on huge canvases or something? What was it like? It was a huge. It was on paper. Okay. So it was
2: gigantic sheets of paper. Huge pieces of paper. Yeah, and, and so the poem you could not read, or sometimes just one word here and there. Oh, got and it. And so it was more like a almost. Um, the logo machine, like you know, like when you talk and, and be nonsense.
1: Almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like, the he, the words that he was painting were so abstracted that you can't actually make out the poem.
2: No, not yeah. really. Um, and and what was what fascinated me it was the scale of the work and yeah. to be you have to be your body needs to be invested in the gesture of writing those words on giant scales. Uh, right.
1: Yeah. So it's kind of performance art as yes. well. What? Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. yeah. And it was,
1: uh, it started in the 50s, 60s, 70s. Okay. Yeah. Was it like, was he kind of a response to World War II? Was it... Oh, the, I mean, all Europe was a response to the World yeah, War yeah. II. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I know yeah. you, like, you reference Dada a lot, which is like overtly a response to World War I, One, right? Yeah. But, well, yeah, Dada is really. I feel a lot of
2: um, intimacy with this movement. Yeah. And I feel like Dada is everything, and is every. It's so contemporary. Yeah. And it took it took different names, to different movements, fluxes, etc. And but it's
1: still Dada. Yeah. I mean, borderline. It's still Dada. <laughs> I love so that like to describe Dada. Basically, it's like response to the horrors of World War One and sort of stepping outside of society and critiquing mm-hmm. conti- c- critiquing like traditional society, that kind of thing. Yes, and
2: critiquing, like even in the 1920s, um, the rise of capitalists and the horror of war, like mm-hmm. all the society, that's why they turn into something completely absurd that didn't make sense. Yeah. And they use collage a lot, like, and I read this sentence that I really like is Dada wanted to destroy with glue and scissors. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really like
1: this because, yeah, that explains a yeah. lot. And a, one yeah. of the big artists from that is Max Ernst, right? He's one of them. Um, Max Ernst went to kind of late Dada. Okay. But Max Ernst is like is a complete
2: artist. He did so many things and he went to surrealism. And, um, and then he kind of... I don't know. He is a very multidisciplinary artist. So yeah. he it was attached to Dada and surrealist, but he goes beyond this.
1: Yeah. Do you think if we're like kind of talking about surrealism and Dada, would surrealism be more like just sort of serious and Dada is more like playful and ridiculous almost? I'm trying to think about the yeah. difference. Yes,
2: that uh, I agree with you. It's very ridiculous and absurd. It goes against any logic, mm. thinking, and visual, any logic, visual, like visual logic. Yeah. And surrealist, surrealist was very soon in surrealist, they were like rules. Okay. Yeah. Rules and try to make talk the unconsciousness to the consciousness and all those dreamy oh a lot about yeah. dreams right yes a lot of dreams and psychology was exploding too after fruit and all this yeah yeah so okay. it's more structure data is
1: just is very <laughs> no rules that that doesn't mean anything yeah 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 I love it. well thank you for explaining all that that's very cool um let's see so so it was while you were in your grad school that you started thinking more about visual art so did you just like stop grad school basically? Yeah,
2: pretty okay. much I dumped everything. I said, like, I want to be an artist. Okay. I,
1: I want to make things. <laughs> and then what did you did you start painting at that point? I started to
2: paint. Yeah.
1: Okay. So you're still in Strasbourg then?
2: I'm still in Strasbourg and I paint. I still painting now, but I paint until I move here and really my practice of paper and collage started being in America. Okay. Okay. So really to move changed my total creativity yeah. practice. So I moved to the US because I follow a man. Okay. Well, just a love question. <laughs> just a love. <laughs> yeah, so I follow a man and he, he moved to Savannah. So I moved directly from France to Savannah. Yeah. And then it didn't work out, but I was very intrigued by the city. Yeah. yeah because yeah, all to me it's very European, there's a lot it of is. history. Yeah, yeah. I love that you can walk downtown. I love the ghost story. I love like a yeah. lot of. It's very edgy, yes. and weird, and I'm like, oh, I love this city. I'm
1: staying here and see what what's gonna happen. So how old were you when you came here? Uh, Thirty-five. How is that? So, is my understanding that it's really hard to move from one country to the other if you're not like being sponsored by some company or something? How hard? Well, I is got that? married. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Did he come here for Skad?
2: Uh, no. Okay. So no. how
1: Savannah? That seems so random No, he, he was a tattoo artist So oh. he came here for He worked in one of the tattoo shops Wow, <laughs> so you, when you got to town um, what, what year was that? Do you remember that you arrived in Savannah? Um,
2: 2009
1: Okay, what, was it, what were your memories Of the, that era of Savannah? It's before it became oh, as touristy as yes, now. But... Yes, it was totally different
2: yeah. And the art gallery There was no, no much art gallery at all I mean, there is scan, but the, for the local artists, there is yeah. not much at all. Huh. The first show I had, it was in a little De Soto gallery on the De Soto Road. Right. Oh, there was a tiny, where two tides is, not yes. the small bar. Remember, there was a tiny... Just a little room, like an empty room. Yeah. yeah. There was a tiny gallery there was like... Before painting and the time, yeah. So, yeah,
1: this, this, this was my first exhibition there. I remember that era. Yeah, Starland was like, it was always supposed to be this up and coming place that mm-hmm. was going to be the next thing, but it was many years of it being described as that before it actually became big. But, and that De Soto Row was just it seemed like every year maybe one of the spaces would open up and would be a gallery you could run and then it would change and a different yeah. gallery would open up but yeah that little street was just like these sort of raw spaces yeah. and there was great face too yeah. because
2: ryan moved on uh, to town just pretty much at the same time that i did because the first time i met ryan he was sleeping on on the mattress in the oh, store in the store yeah, yeah. yeah with
1: few records and like <laughs> and there was a frame shop on that street too. There mm-hmm. was a woman who ran her own frame shop and did everything in there. And I used to, when I was graduating Scad, I went to her and she framed all my things for my <laughs> show. <laughs> but yeah, the rest of it was kind of this empty street. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Where did yeah. you live when you first lived in town? I moved here in the house where we okay. yeah. Okay, so you're a little past Duran. Yes. Yeah. Southside. Um, South side. South side. And, um, I didn't know
2: really. Where well, to move in Savannah didn't know the town, yeah, and I picked this house because I, I saw a lot of uh, studio potential
1: yeah yeah
2: there's a lot of rooms yeah it's a bit of, it's a tiny house it's a lot of room it looks a bit of amazed yeah it's a bit weird, but um I like that some um
1: there's a big shed outside that is now my studio. Yeah, yeah, we'll <laughs> so. talk about that. And I'll post photos of your madcap studio as well. <laughs> um, so at the time, so when you first came here, you were you were painting. You were doing oil paintings, right? Yes. And they, I feel like until I was looking at your work to prepare for this interview, I had no idea that you did paintings as well. I know you so well for the collages, but you have a lot of examples of your paintings on your website. And they are these like... Beautiful, dark, macabre they type very paintings. Dark. Yeah, a lot yeah. of them are like very rectangular, like severely rectangular, and you have a lot of white in them, which I like a lot. Yeah, the white, for example. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the whites, um came when I
2: moved to America because my painting in France um, is still very dark color and black, navy, mm. um, dark tones, and uh, when I moved to America my palette started to light up like I started to do more and more whites and sepia and yeah. so um, I don't know if it's um, due to the weather because I come from the cold to super tropical weather <laughs> <laughs> or I, I don't know but there was a big shift in my painting too The the subjects are still very
1: dark yeah um 'Cause you're it's a lot of um like skeletons and skulls. So naturally there's a lot of white in them. But yeah, yeah I guess even in the background in these there's just a lot of like soft blended white and grey in them and a lot of drippiness and they feel very like Orga-
2: they, Organic. I'm trying yeah. to give like a organic thing. Even if a skeleton it's remove all the organs. Yeah. But when I paint it's like first it's not necessarily a skeleton, it's like just Brushing away the skin and layers, and then have this thin skeleton like figure appearing in my painting Yeah, and I like the skeleton not because it's a remain of death or anything, it's just to me, it's not attached to anything that is men woman, gender it's just a oh, human right. figure yeah yeah yeah
1: it's like a neutral person
2: yeah it's a neutral person and it's very general
1: and pretty much it is all what we are like. yeah <laughs> well they're very to look at them it's i mean it's very fascinating how like you can look at them and tell that it's a skull or a skeleton but they're very like ghoulish and twisted and it's not it's not like a perfect representation of a skeleton They kind of are, like, oh. blown apart and abstracted. Yes, they're not, like, realistic proportion yeah. and they're not, and, like, yeah. Like, they look, it looks like they were like a person who got damaged somehow, so it feels very, it feels like it would be a response to thinking about wars, honestly. Oh, nice. I, I
2: never had this. Actually, for,
1: I, it took me a long,
2: long years to realize where my subject painting come from is, um, being in France, and especially in small towns, um, churches, we very, you know, the center of the community. Yeah. And the churches where I grew up with are very dark. I mean, oh. there's a lot of sculpture, a lot of crucifixion with blood, like torture, figuring, pain. Yeah. And um, when we were visiting for vacation, we visited, like, churches. And was, in Europe, you can find churches like. All the decoration I made with skeleton from the monk and priest, like all the chandeliers, just bones and stuff. So I grew up with this. Huh. Like as a kid, I didn't know that it was my cab and people yeah. can be shocked by it. But it was really into my genes and my my, my DNA. And so when I, I did painting, it just come up Yeah. automatically. And then say, oh, and it took me a long time to realize this Jordan when he came to visit France with me where I grew up and said, Oh, I understand now where are yeah, you coming yeah. from.
1: You'll be surrounded by by torture. Wow, that's so interesting. But, As you described that I was like, oh, oh yeah, I have I have seen photos of that. I have seen yeah. I have seen churches of with the chandeliers or just bones.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, in crucifixion, like the crucifix um it's always with pain and like
1: right, oh, really specific. Whereas in the U. S., maybe it's more vague and it's not
2: depicted not like that. There's not many decoration. Like there's no many stained glass or sculpture. Yeah, this uh, castle's churches here are even um, very bare in comparison with at least the area I grew up with. Yeah. Um, so I I don't know. Yeah, it's my first inspiration coming from
1: a small town of art was find in churches <laughs> that's interesting do you have a favorite church in savannah that yeah, you like to look um, at no <laughs> there's so many of them um let's see so how uh how did you uh, gradually kind of go from just painting to getting into your paper collages um at the beginning i live in america it didn't work because i was waiting on my paperwork
2: mm. <laughs> And so having a lot of time on my hands, I was doing all the thrift store Salvation Army, and that fascinated me because in France we don't have that many second hand store. Oh. Yeah, and I started to find a lot of medical book. They're be piling on the side of it like nobody wants them. Do you want them? Said, yeah. Sure. Just I'm taking free. every. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I'm taking so things starting to pile up and. Um with books I had like old photos of people from from the area and like all ephemera, old letters. So I started to pile up everything. Mm. Still doing paintings but then I don't know. Like looking in those medical books I found a new word <laughs> because like all the anatomical um drawings and this it's a new world of colors and shape and yeah it's so beautiful especially the vintage books and it's i don't know i find, I found it was very yeah. nice i'm like oh i have to use this
1: and usually yeah medical illustration usually they on purpose make it much more colorful than your body really is so that people can understand it and see the different parts mm-hmm. and the different layers so yeah, yeah. well
2: that in the in the history of um uh, the internal representation of human for the medical book, there's like for the 19th century, there is like, like you say, a lot of colors mm-hmm. and details. But now that it to more simple, mm-hmm. <laughs> they remove all the colors or everything is gray, and the all just the liver is in color, or like oh, because okay. it was very disturbing to have all those colors <laughs> for the mid for the medical um, people actually, really. So,
1: yeah, so the medical books got. The drawings become very simple oh, in colors. Yeah. So now it's like like in a particular drawing, everything around it will be just sort of grayed out to not be distracting, and the one organ you're looking at is very specific. Yeah. yeah. If
2: you look the contemporary,
1: yeah. Yeah. Medical yeah. Book, yeah. Do you think in so in contemporary medical books is it still like hand done art or do you think it's a lot of digital art at uh, this point? No.
2: I think he's falling out of
1: fashion too because now they have everything, uh, digital. Yeah, yeah. That's so interesting that you're able to like, you have all these books from all the eras. So you, you're like this, uh, expert on the history. The, you know the development of medical books, almost. The different <laughs> eras they've I'm gone really
2: through. <laughs> I just am fascinated by. It. I find they're very beautiful. Oh and, yeah. And I know sometimes people say, "Oh, they're macabre," and I don't. I don't find this camera. It just just the way
1: we are. Yeah, I guess some people don't like to think about the way that they look under their, you know, under their skin or oh, under the their muscles is, and yeah. everything. You, Just like
2: clothes, you know. <laughs> yeah.
1: So some people, I guess, like are fine thinking about that and enjoy it and aren't bothered, and some people are very bothered at the idea of what we oh, actually to look like. Oh, see what right. is inside. Yeah. Under under the cover. Yeah, like yeah. they're very grossed out even trying to think about it. You know. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> Where uh, there's two types of
1: people. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so, okay, so you had all these books piled up, all these pieces of paper. And then, I guess, I, I know, so so you've already been, you've always been interested in um, surrealism and Dada, and collage has always just been like, yeah, what, like what, a big aspect of those art movements, right? Yeah,
2: what is very odd is when I started to do collage, I was not thinking of Dada and, hmm. and surrealism. I was like totally trying to experiment using medical book. And the material I had in my studio to see if it's something that I like to do and visually is pleasing me or not. And I totally fell into it.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then just accidentally. (laughs) You are, yeah. And then at one point where you're like, oh, that's right. I've always loved surrealism and collage is a huge part of that. (laughs) Yeah, it's like... It's
2: like doing the painting, I don't realize that it's totally
1: what I live and breathe for you. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, I'm kind of slow to make all <laughs> the <and> collection. <Yeah. laughs> I think that's true of a lot of people. Don't you think, I mean, when you go to people's shows and they have their artist statement posted up, you usually are not like, you haven't thought of this statement first and then done the body of work. You've just like naturally gone through this Making. whole body of work and done it. And then when you have some time and you step back and look at it, then you think, oh... This is how it's all tied together and it's probably because I was influenced by X and Y Z and all yeah. that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I always have issue with statement because I'm a maker first and my thought process evolves while I'm making hmm. the thing. So there's no preconcept before to do. I do and then I'm I'm trying to make sense of what I'm doing. Yeah. Oh doing things um raise a lot of question too. So it's trying to answer those questions, and it's kind of self-reflection, too. Yeah. Um, so all those anatomy, obsession, is kind of mental, personal anatomy map. <laughs> <laughs> I'm turning, I did, I started to do very figurative, but now I'm turning into more and more abstract. You mean with, with your
1: collages? You with mean? my collages,
2: yeah. and um, they're turning to be more and
1: more abstract, um, using the same material sauce. Okay. Yeah. Did you? So I'm curious about in your early... Because I would imagine, like, as time has gone on, you get much better just with, like, how precise you are and the, your workmanship and just how, like, nicely things are constructed. So at the beginning, is it like you just kind of clumsily with a pair of scissors and you're cutting and you're, like, with Elmer's glue <laughs> or something? Like, how yes, were the early yes, ones? Were they like, It was wild? to see
2: when the scalpel... <laughs> uh, scalpel, scissors. yeah, the material, yeah. different type of glue, depending on the paper, yeah, is, yeah, it was trying to experiment, and, um, and I, I didn't do any art school, so, like, for painting, I don't, I probably did do a lot of things wrong mm. in <laughs> my techniques, <laughs> but, um, I'm making, yeah, yeah, so I'm making and learning. So one piece is the experiment for the next one, yeah. So I see this like a chain of experiments. And talking about medical, like I like the surgeon, um, surgeon word come from uh, a Greek that means actually,
1: um, the one that used the hands to make stuff, okay, is a maker, yeah, so. yeah. I, li- I like that, too. Yeah, surgeon, <laughs> we actually, in the interview I just did with Matt Tool, he talked about other people who are makers and artists, and we talked about surgeons and dentists uh-huh. are also makers.
2: Yeah, I have an obsession with teeth, too. But... Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: there's a lot of teeth in my,
2: in my work, too. But, like, yeah, it's, it's a fascinating uh, opening of the
1: body. <laughs> Don't... So teeth are, like... We were talking about Freud... Freudism? Why can I not say that? Yeah. <laughs> Freudism. But, Freud, yeah. <laughs> the, in that... weren't teeth are a big fascination in dreams right that people people tend to like thinking about your teeth and something going wrong with your teeth and your teeth falling out Mm -hmm. is a frequent type of dream that people have does it usually um indicate like anxiety something like that i think i I
2: had those a lot some yeah yeah In teeth you lose your baby teeth and you grow some other teeth it's like it's it's like you're losing your arm when the baby and we grow another yeah i
1: do don't know it's just a teeth there, like very (laughs) special yeah interesting okay well this is um this is a a quirky and interesting place we might we will take our station break now we're halfway through so thank you i love this um philosophizing about teeth and them being a portal to the body um so again this is uh tamara garvey with art on the air and i'm with axel Kiefer, and we will be back after these station announcements
0: You are listening to W-R-U-U-L-P, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. We are Savannah Soundings, community
3: radio with a global soul. Trees are one of Chatham County's most treasured natural resources. Beyond their beauty and cultural significance, the impact of trees are far-reaching and compounding, spanning from economic benefits to health improvements to climate change resilience. Trees are woven into every aspect of our lives. Savannah Tree Foundation protects and grows Chatham County's urban forest through tree planting, community engagement, and advocacy. More information is available at savannahtree.org. This portion of WRUU's programming is brought to you by listeners and by Brighter Day Natural Foods. Brighter Day Natural Foods has been serving Savannah's healthy food and supplement needs since 1978. It is located at the corner of Bull Street and Park Avenue. They have online ordering and curbside delivery available. And now a walk-up window for smoothies, juices, and sandwiches from the deli. They are open from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Sunday. More information can be found at BrighterDayFoods.com.
0: What does it mean when we say that WRUU is a community radio station? It doesn't just mean that we invite the community to create programming. And it doesn't just mean that we're a voice for the community. It also means that we're counting on the community to keep us going. And you are the community. Almost all of our modest budget comes from small annual or monthly donations from listeners like you. You get to enjoy our community-focused programming because many others have stepped forward to do their part. Now do your part by joining our community of listener donors. Go to wruu.org right now and make a one-time or monthly donation. And thank you for supporting Savannah's community radio station, 107.5 F.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to Arts on the Air. This is Tamara Garvey and I'm sitting down with artist Axel Kiefer. Welcome back, Axel. Hi. Um, So when we went to the break we were talking about how you had moved to to Savannah um, in your 30s and you had been doing just oil paintings and now you're getting into um, paper collages as well. I know, so on your website you have a lot of info about like kind of for the past year. I know you've been doing, you started doing these war collages since the start of the Ukraine war, is that right? Oh, the war collage.
2: Yes. Yeah. I was so shocked that there's a new war on the European soul. That um, yeah, that I mean, in sense of what my family went through the Second World War, the deportation, and anyway, it triggered a lot of um, family memory that I carry with me, like all the stories. Hmm. Um, so I, n- I needed to have it exercise in some point. So I decided to do like once a month a tiny war collage using photography from the Second World War mm-hmm. and um using my anatomical um composition. Um
1: because I find the old photos of war are still very contemporary. Yeah. And I, I, th- I thought it was interesting that you, um, this response to the Ukraine war, and that, you know, this movement that you always really look at, Dada, that is explicitly a response to World War One And so it, yeah, it just is really shocking to think that it's a whole hundred years later and it's the same. They the are the same kind there.
2: of thing. Like, right. I, I did some of the war collage with numbers, and to me it was like the year passing, we're still in the same. Yeah. Where are we gonna change? Like and then doing this war collages is it's, it's kinda of meditation of to remind myself where we are as human and not
1: only with Ukrainian but Syria. Yeah now. Yeah, so many places yeah. around the world. Yeah, unfortunately. So you had a past show, I guess, a couple of years ago with your is it your partner, your husband, Jordan? Yeah, my partner. Your partner. Um, <laughs> you did you guys did a really cool uh, duo show together. Uh, it was dance macabre, like the macabre
2: dance. Yes. And it's typically in France, the dance macabre is a big uh, visual tradition um, in Europe and it's kind of memento mori. Like, to, first it was done, like, oh, remember, we're human, we're gonna die, we have an end to our right. body. Like, yeah. so But then it was used by artists and um, to talk about politics to caricature, like, you can use this theme to a lot, to get yeah. different perspective on on the contemporary
1: Yeah, a metaphor for a lot of things. Yeah.
2: 2019, and it was uh, around Halloween, so it was like three months before the pandemic. Okay. So we were not knowing at all anything about COVID by then, but um, we felt um, it was an important subject by the time. Yeah. like we, we felt that like all the world like politically economically like there is a shift with the word and that was a way for us to express it so we were talking about this and with the heritage uh, European tradition too and so Jordan took a uh, more caricature almost funny of, of
1: pop. Uh, pop drawings. You use American culture, yeah. voice, Than Smackam, like, um, yeah. So okay, so that era of work you did was more a response to like the twenty sixteen election, yes. and then like fascism <laughs> around the world, yes, that kind of okay, exactly. Okay, and then the pandemic hit, and then what kind of uh, what kind of work did you do? Kind of coming out of that, was uh, there was there a series or a focus you did? Uh, that era?
2: Actually, I did a lot of collaboration. Okay. I started collaboration around 2015, but it kind of really exploded around that time because stuck home. Everybody around the world stuck home. Like it was a good way to communicate mm-hmm. with other artists and to send letters and envelopes. It was when you stuck home. It's nice to have mail. Like, yeah, yeah. That it was the
1: the thing that was still working around the world <laughs> so you started um people would find you on instagram or you would find people on instagram and uh-huh. you would start these collaborations yeah it
2: started around 2014 i think the first one and it oh, was that's a long time ago
1: yeah and it was
2: uh, an artist from vienna that contacted me um to instagram or facebook i don't remember they said oh i like what you're doing do you want to do collaboration and i had no idea of the network of collaborating artists, yeah. So and then another artist came to uh, to ask for collaboration, and so it kind of build up from there. And okay. And now I think I'm 48 artists collaborating, and so some became
1: very close friends. Yeah. Some I met in real life. Wow. And. So yeah. it kind of, it had started slow with a few people reaching out to you and then, so you've been doing this for years and eventually, yeah. and that's how you've ended up recently with this big show of all these pieces that are collaboration. The, the
2: show is just a collaboration for 2020 to 2023. Okay. Got
1: it. So yeah. that's a lot of work for three years worth.
2: Yeah. And that's half of the work because pretty much for each pieces in a show, there's a second pieces because pretty much the basic rule of collaboration is the artist send me some starters Mm. and I send them some starters, we work on a piece and we switch exchange back the work so for each piece in the show
1: pretty much I've done another piece that okay. I send out yeah. How yeah, I was wondering how many swap backs and forth you would it do. It depends. Most of the time it's one
2: swap. Okay. But it happens three times and sometimes there's more than two artists
1: involved too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like a little round robin. Because yeah, and we did like exquisite corpses too. <laughs> like we did Is it, different play. Would you cover up the early part then? I had and then both. they're working out of Sometimes okay. it's not covered and sometimes it was covered. Did you, so, the sh- and the show that you have now, it didn't seem like there was any one subject matter, any one concept. Was, with each artist, was there any, like, overt assignment of what you were going to work on, or was it just kind of random? Um, 80% of the time it's
2: kind of random. Mm-hmm. It depends on the material source we have. Um, some that I collaborated for years we like Carol White that we did the Audubon print like with delivery like we said oh let's work on this area we have like those prints they're like very nice
1: let's try to see what we can do okay yeah yeah like she would say I happen to have these books that are on XYZ let's yeah. do this and or I try to
2: send starters to different artists with kind of the same starters like a black Background with an anatomical piece and um, kind of botanical, and I sent like 10 of them to different artists. Yeah, and they all came back differently. And see what they do. Oh, that's really interesting. So, there's two series like this in a show one I call the Life Series, okay, and the other one is more, it's a bit darker. It's the pieces that like hang a bit like a Tetris. <laughs> I don't know how to explain. Like, when you go in the gallery, it's on the right okay. wall. So there's the two
1: series that I send starters that are really close to different
3: artists. Yeah, that right
1: that's an interesting... That's like a good experiment where it's yeah. like like a neutral thing that you send out and then to compare all yeah, of them. Because yeah, because all the artists didn't know. Um, right, that yeah. that was happening. What was happening? Yeah. Did you prefer being the starter or being the I prefer to finish. The fin- so are, would they? You keep re- referencing like you'd send out a starter. Is that like the technical name for? Yeah, this doing is how it?
2: we talk between us. We "Oh, can you send me some starters?" So okay. it can be just a background. Or it can be just a corner piece, or it can be almost a finished piece. Yeah. And then there's no rule. You can cut the piece, destroy, burn it, uh, use the ashes to do something else wow. if you want. Yeah. So pretty much you have to let it go when you send your yeah. starters. Yeah. Yeah. In the And through is a postal service, so there's all this random loss, destroy, take forever to arrive. Um, Yeah. So you have to let it go. Wow.
1: So no ego. So you You said. (laughs) You prefer being the finisher, you said? Yeah. Okay. Is that a little bit because then you haven't had to see your thing go off and maybe get destroyed? I know. I don't mind to have my things destroyed. It's just like. I like to
2: resolve puzzles. It's it's like. To me, it's, it's. have a challenge and often it's artists and not doing the outside my comfort zone completely so i have to find a way to make it work or not work or to like, yeah. is it a challenge so is, i like to work on the challenge and to start it
1: i was so collage i like to think a lot like the big element of it is composition like just being very good at making a good balanced composition and like not putting too much in there so it's too busy it must be a It's a real balancing act,
2: right? When it's busy, it can be good, too. When it's minimalist, it can be good. Yeah. When it's not logic, it can
1: be good. I don't know. There's not really a rule. It's just... um, But But you as as the finisher, like, that's the challenge, is to, like, bring it to a good good ending, right?
2: I see what you're saying about the composition. That's true. But sometimes, you know, you try to match the the work of the other
1: artists but sometimes you try to go to a totally opposite direction yeah Um. so did you are you a person who does sometimes burn holes in them or tear them up or Mm -hmm. destroy them do you like to do that yeah have you ever had one that you were burning just like get away from you no does it burn too much <laughs> it started burning and then the whole thing just burned and you said i did not mean to do that no no, no.
2: <laughs> i don't mind if somebody do that with my starters but like when i receive from all the artists I, I think i don't dare to destroy yeah completely that thing i mean
1: um but yeah they, yeah
2: they, they, it would be a nice um
1: what is the um, so the the substrate like the paper that your art is glued onto? Is there a standard type of paper or thickness of paper that you like? Uh, not really. Like something that is archival that you like to use? Not
2: not really. It's uh, for my personal work. I try to have archival and acid free, and yeah. so to so it can resist the passage of time. Yeah. Um, but still, I like to work with vintage pepper and like damaged pepper like all with the fox pepper like the pepper that's stained um so yeah i I like when it's damaged when you have when the pepper lived a past life yeah i would think um, interesting the
1: whole aspect of like Archivalness in a piece of art must be. It's different in collage than it is in something like painting, where you control it from start to finish, and you can like make it very archival, where it's lasting forever. But yeah, Um, maybe that whole idea in collage is just a different way of thinking about the passage of time on the art. But the collage you use
2: uh, material that's already printed, already made, yeah, and you kind
1: of it might be very acidic.
2: Destroy (laughs) them to make something to bring. Something for the past to, to nowadays and give it another statement. Yeah. So that's what is nice with collage because it's there's no rule and it's the.
1: You can go far. With paper. Do like, you you like to use a scalpel at this point to cut things out? Uh, right now I love to tear okay. the paper, like
2: to tear because I love the noise it makes and like to tear the paper and leave the paper actually trace of your gesture. Yeah, and that edge. And the edge, that is very beautiful, especially when you have color, the edge can turn into another color, well, it depends what's on the other side of the paper. Yeah. And the scalpel is nice for tiny details, but it's, scalpel for me, is like a pencil. It's like when you cut nicely a line, and you're proud of it, it's like doing like a nice trace with a pencil. Mm -hmm. Um, There's like this kind of perfection of the gesture when the tear-to-tear paper is
1: a bit more random. Yeah, yeah, more (laughs) organic, Yeah, like more just nature and not the perfection, and Mm -hmm. more like a human did it, and so anything could have happened. (laughs) Yeah, I like what you're talking about about the edge that it leaves. I like um a lot of times I work on paper and you know with watercolor paper there can be that what they call it a deckled edge where mm-hmm. it is that like you turned the paper and it has that beautiful oh yeah, yeah.
2: Jordan is doing printmaking so when he yeah 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 I, I, it's so beautiful the trace of the paper depending of the paper you use, it can be thick or not thick. It yeah, can have it can be transparent looking. Yeah, it can be fiber coming out too. It feels very bad.
1: European to me, that kind of paper. It just has a very like French classic feel to me to have this really heavyweight watercolor paper with the torn edge. <laughs> yeah. like, have you ever um, injured yourself with your scalpel at all? Yes. Yes, cut. Pepper cuts.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the the name of your show. No, no, pepper cuts. (laughs) It was because of the the piece of paper. But yeah, could have cuts from pepper, Yeah, at the beginning a lot. Yeah. Now, not that much. Very good. And to spend hours cutting um, to have, like,
1: pain in your hands. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You have have a little injury. Yeah,
2: and sometimes it happens that my hands turn black and blue, and I don't know why. Yeah. Well
1: <laughs> interesting. Um so okay, so so your show that you have itself right now is called Paper Cuts and International Collage Exchange. Um and I think what I've read about it it's uh it's you collaborating with thirty artists from all over the world, is that right? Yeah, for this show is all my collaboration for the past three years mm-hmm. and it's for with thirty seven artists. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that's the one it'll run through saturday october 21 so people yes. have time to go see it and then there's a there's an exhibition book that was created for mm-hmm. it right you want to yes. talk about that a little
2: bit oh yes i was very proud I, i'm yeah.
1: a love i'm a book addict like
2: i love books 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 so i was like oh, if i could have a catalog and for the show that would be nice and um so it was kind of dream and and John and Emily said, oh, yeah, we of course, we're going to do a catalog oh, for the show. I love that. <laughs> so Emily spent hours to scan, color, correcting, layout. Yeah. it was. A, oh, she scanned all your
1: collages? Yes. And mm. there were like
2: uh, 200 pieces because she scanned all the... So for the show, I have to edit down because the gallery was too small. Yeah. So she scanned absolutely all the pieces, even though some that are not in the show. Right.
1: And the book is pretty much half of the show. Okay. And the, yeah. I mean, the show itself is big. There's a lot of pieces in the yeah, show.
2: There's yeah, there's, I think,
1: 180, uh, 190. Yeah, the a okay. lot. Yeah. So, I'm sorry, you said 37 artists and then 190 pieces? Yeah. Yeah. So, with each person, you had multiples going on? Yes. Each artist, yeah. Um, and then the book, is is it, uh, people can buy that at Sulphur Studio? Yes, okay. on their
2: website. Okay. And um, I made a collector version of it. <laughs> so for the, it just come out of my love for art books and collectors. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna do original collage, for the 10 first uh, book. Oh, great. So you can have the collector version. You will have the book and the original collage of. I love that. Sign and
1: stamp. There are still some of those available? Yes, a few. Yeah. I love that. Um, And then some other uh, things that you've had going on. You've had a really big year. So you also had a a book. You were part of an art book that was published in France, right? Yes. It's just
2: released this week. It's called French, ma langue sur ton Coeur," So, ma tongue on your heart. (laughs) And it's a book about love. Okay. But all... It can be all sad love, twisted love, love, love. It can oh, be all okay, type okay. of love. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this French publishers published only art book and they mm-hmm. wanted to do like a group book but around um, the theme of love. Yeah. And they contacted 70 artists asking for an original piece and an original text. Okay. So I, had, I did the original collage for the book and the text is um, my best friend from France that she's a writer so she wrote a, a poet oh.
1: on my collage Yeah. Was that interesting? I mean you spent a lot of time like we talked about painting skeletons and then you did a whole series that was a response to the Ukraine war and now you have to do a piece specifically about love Was that funny to do this shift? Yeah.
2: Well it was, my version of love is very organic
1: it's very is it a skeleton again no it's just just skin a lot of skin yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then did your friend did your friend write the words after you did the piece or did you do the piece to your friend yeah because yeah
2: she wrote the text uh, on (laughs) seeing the piece yeah it
1: it was kind of
2: suddenly she said oh she it was like
1: Speed it up. Yeah, it she just knew what to yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> so the book has just come out. You said yes. Yeah. Do you do you have one of those yet? No, they yeah. say Monday they will ship it. Cool. That's yeah. Amazing for your yeah. library. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you had that, and then you also are part of a group show in France with your partner Jordan. Is that right?
2: Oh, uh, we did a show in July. Okay. In Strasbourg, so it was the first time I had a show since I moved. Wow. Well. Yeah. So it was kind of emotional. (laughs) Yeah, what was that like going back to that city after so long? Um, Oh, we go back every year, but like with a show, yeah, it was a long time. Um, It was intimidating. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and it was funny because I left friends doing being a painter, and I come back with collage. <laughs> yeah. Did you still? Do you still
1: have friends who've been in Strasbourg oh, yeah. all this time? Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. All my friends that I met from my high school. We have a big group of friends yeah. that um we see every year. We talk every week on well, the phone. That's like, amazing. It's like very
1: uh, a very a tight group. Yeah. A yeah. tight group. Yeah. That's nice because you. I mean, when you have shows here in Savannah, and you know so many people, and people will come to your shows, but. It's nice that even when you had a show in Strasbourg, you still had all these people who could come and see your show. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that was pretty amazing. That was insane. (laughs) Was there anything different about the whole process of, like, being in the show that was in in France? Was there any kind of different practices than what you find in the U.S.? Um, What do you mean? Like, um, just, I guess, the whole process of, like, being involved in the show and getting the work to them and, like, the way that they organize a gallery show or the opening. Is there anything that's, like, different? maybe you think in France than in here? Yeah, the access to art in France is more complicated.
2: Mm. Um, there are a lot of alternative venue you can show work. Um, it's been 14 years and um, I'm not physically there. Yeah. I have a show in France, but it's a um, it's, it's project that I'm being pulled into. Yeah. like last year I had a big show in the south of France um, the publisher of this book, Joie Panique um, Celia, she's working with Stéphane Blanquet um, a famous artist in France, and he invites artists from around the world to exhibit with him, mm. and so last year I had the chance to exhibit with him, yeah, that was insane, Yeah. <laughs> so I'm being pulled into projects and shows, and and never say no to, I'm like, yeah, yeah.
1: come me and <laughs> we you, make it work. <laughs> do you find, are a lot of people, are they finding you on Instagram or is it like they see your art in one show and then you get pulled into another show? Uh, both. Okay. Yeah. Do you have any uh, tips for? people who are looking to expand their reach on Instagram? Because obviously you're doing something really right if all people are I don't, I don't are know, finding you. because
2: I'm a very bad poster. like I post not regularly on Instagram. Yeah. I don't really know how to do reels. And when I post story I'm like, it takes me 15 minutes to do. So I, like it's, it's, I'm not very technology person.
1: I, I mean, don't know. it sounds like, like for years people are finding you and asking you to do collaborations with yeah. them. So is it something about your hashtags maybe? I don't, I don't know. I mean, it it's is, fascinating.
2: It's is, it is funny because, yeah, the past, since COVID, I don't even have to look for a show. Like all the show I, yeah. I'm doing, just people pulling me into projects. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. Do you want to talk? So you were mentioning there's a show that you are about to be in that's going to travel around the country.
2: Yeah. For I mean, years? a traveling show. It, it sounds a bit like a circus. It does. Right? Like yeah. I can't believe it sounds like it'll be
1: in a box car that drives around. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. So it's a creator from Cincinnati and she put like a 12 collage artist show together. and the name of the show is Collective Concern. So it's very the concern of what's ha- actually happening in America. Yeah, it's different inside and perspective to it. And so it's gonna be traveling for the next four years through America. They're going to Amazing. different venues and yeah so the venue say, oh, I'm interesting can you ship the boxes? Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. So we have to prepare all the contracts. There's a catalog and book published for the traveling show too. Yeah. (laughs) So everything is, um, I think we finished with the, with the book layout and the, the annex, the, the notes. The index. Yeah. The notes we wanted to show. And I have the boxes in my studio. So I've, 10 pieces that's going to go on a traveling show. Does it
1: start in Cincinnati? No.
2: Okay.
1: I don't know yet when it started. So has she planned out, like, is every place that it's going to already mapped out for years? Or it'll just happen? No,
2: it's just a beginning that is kind of mapped out. Okay. The understanding of it. And then...
1: New places will just come up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. She's doing this, like, traveling shows and... Looking from a resume, she, she sometimes traveling to Qatar with the shows, like to Middle East. Oh, um, we'll see. Fascinating. Uh, we'll see the contract is
1: for for the for next year. So yeah. we'll see where the pieces will go. <laughs> I love that. Um, let's see. So we went to. I, I wanted to make a note to everybody. Um, I'm gonna post in our social media when I post about you some photos of your studio space because it is incredible. I love your <laughs> your floor. Covered with little shards of paper, and then I took a photo of your organizational—the way that you organize you organize them. your your tiny pieces of paper yeah,
2: like, as well. Like what I was saying, my studio is such a mess, but <laughs> I love my mess. Yeah, <laughs> but twice a year, pretty much, I clean everything, and all the paper, the pieces of paper, and the cuts everywhere. I don't throw anything, and I try to organize them on boxes in tiny boxes through seams. Yeah.
1: And, um, and then reuse use loose paper. Oh. <laughs> um, let's see, and I know you have a painting on your easel that you're in the middle of. that. Yeah, it's been a long time I'm working on this, so yeah. I don't really
2: have time.
1: Do you think you're ever, so I know that you have a lot of paintings just built up from all your years of doing them. Do you think you're ever gonna have a show where you show a lot of these publicly in Savannah? I, I would don't... love to see them. I don't, I don't know. If someone
2: is <laughs> interested in dark, my
1: painting, yeah, yeah, well, call, call me. Let me know. <laughs> I can see them just being in a, like, like an empty, abandoned space, like an, oh, I would like, like that, an empty building oh, for the month of October uh, or something. Yeah, you totally see my,
2: my <laughs> mind because I would like to find an alternative space. Like, yeah. Like, because we have so many so many real estate that can yeah so I would like to should know, like, take
1: over one of the space. Um, what if you ask that the guy who runs Graveface if he has some crazy space that he's holding on to? I feel like he. Oh yeah, probably. Has. Like, <laughs> can you? I can imagine them somewhere on Factors Walk in some empty space. <laughs> oh.
2: Right. Oh, that's the, history A V too.
1: And then, you know, you know it's funny just to get back to, you talked about this a while ago about the tearing of the paper and you like the noise, but I can imagine just like a soundscape playing in the background oh, of I one of I your shows. The, I
2: have the soundscape. Yeah. I have a, a musician and a band from France, like an industrial band that, oh. that, that did organic industrial music for the background of my painting.
1: So mm. I already have the soundscape. Amazing. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, I can picture it just being like this very, just all the senses, just this yeah. all-encompassing experience. Yeah, but you're
2: very close of what I have in mind. You yeah. <laughs> know, I don't know if it's gonna go to realization here in summer. Well, manner.
1: so it's October now. Let's let's aim for next October. That gives you that's that's a good long time. That would oh. be amazing, right? That would be amazing. Yeah, well, to me, it's a very short time. <laughs> just
2: one year to to prepare
1: a show. Oh, <gasps> It's very short. <laughs> Um, what where are you uh, going next in your work? Are you we talked a little bit about scale either to work really small or really big Yes, yeah, but so that- my, my work collage is small. Okay, so I am um, and what what do you mean size-wise?
2: Uh, it's five by seven inches okay. pretty much and um, So I want I want to stay small and intimate for those but for my personal research now I'm, I'm trying to do collage on a bigger scale. Okay um, and I'm techniques too so i'm trying to do transfer of images Mm -hmm. um that's cool kind of do
1: photographic i I don't know i'm experimenting things um isn't there something i'm like just now remembering kind of dregs of my art history that there's like mechanical collage and then like chemical collage is that right where there's the one that you've been doing which is the pieces of paper and then like you said photo transferring and using chemicals to do collage yes well yes is that what it's called
2: uh we call that transfer of images okay yeah because we use a chemical and instead to collage you transfer the image and then you can collage different you can use i'm trying to experiment i have a few work done like this that i haven't shown on social media yet right um but um it's hard for me to tell still i'm in process and experimentation yeah yeah let's say I do small and i try to go
1: big i like that <laughs> <laughs> and you um so on your website you have some things for sale right you have some original mm-hmm. collages and then you have some prints of your collages mm-hmm. as well
2: yeah i have a few prints and they're limited in sign but it's not the, something i do on a regular basis
1: yeah yeah just a few select pieces you have prints yeah. of mm-hmm. cool mm-hmm. well anything you kind of last words or last thoughts or anything you want to leave us with oh yeah since oh. i'm here they totally changed <laughs> it's day uh, and night no now it's pretty exciting mm. what's going on there's a lot of nice work and nice stimulations <laughs> yeah, and Starlin finally became the thing everyone was talking about, right?
2: Yes, even like my coworkers. They're not artists, or yeah, like from <laughs> my daytime job. Yeah, they're even starting <laughs> to talk about Starlin. The oh, sound. Yeah, I'm very surprised
1: to hear conversations "Oh, some came to see the dance macabre sure. show." Uh, yeah, cool. <laughs> well, thank you, Excel. This has been so fascinating and wonderful to talk to you. I'm so excited for um on the, this upcoming show you have, the one that's traveling for up to four years, and then your show at Sulphur is beautiful. And again, everyone, it is up through Saturday, October 21st. And then you can always buy the catalog that's come out from the show as well. Thank you, Tamara. It was my pleasure to talk to you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Excel. Next up on WRUU, That Old Savannah Magic from 4 to 6 p.m. It's a variety show featuring Savannah history, radio theater, interviews, and music.
0: You are listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with a global soul.